Hello and welcome to episode two of Blake's Takes, for God's sakes. We're going to get right into it because I do not dilly, nor do I dally. That's a thing that you should know right off the bat. That is the e pluribus unum of this podcast. And my goal of uh, using a Latin phrase that appears on money, allegedly, I wouldn't know. I haven't seen money in quite some time. Um, Within the first 15 seconds of this podcast, using a phrase in Latin has been accomplished. I'm condescending. I'm Blake Wexler too, by the way. Uh, So first off, I'm going to read my favorite review and rating of the week. Thank you to everyone who did that, by the way. Uh, If you haven't, please go on the iTunes and rate and review. Uh, You have to do both. I don't think you get to choose between them. A shocking amount of people did it. I really do appreciate it. Eight ratings. Eight. That's fantastic. This, my favorite one, I will be reading my favorite review each week on this podcast until I run out, uh, is by Don't Worry About It. That's who wrote it. And Don't Worry About It. Good for them because uh, they're concealing their identity. They're wearing a virtual face mask. And in these times, I just wear a a beekeeper suit around my apartment, just like I did before. I mean, house, uh, before the quarantine. This is from Don't Worry About It. It is titled Thick Thighs Save Lives. And the uh, review says, do with that what you will. Um, Five stars. So thank you to Do Not Worry About It. Speaking of, my ass has never been bigger. It is a fucking, it's enormous. Anyone who knows me, whenever I like, so when I, I used to be heavier when I was younger. Oh God. Um, I used to be a little heavier when I was younger. I, I weighed 215 at one point, and I do believe this is the second time out of two episodes I've mentioned that former weight. Um, but uh, anyone who knows me knows that my weight goes right to my ass. And I'm actually not gaining weight in quarantine, but the issue is that uh, I have, I've had a bad back for the past couple months, and my physical therapy is like squats, uh, leg exercises. So like while I'm, you know, like happy with like the shape that I'm in uh, above the belt, uh, my ass and my legs are fucking enormous. Like it's crazy. And there's fat there to begin with. So there's like muscle underneath this fat. And like, I just have this hot smoking ass that is like my pants weren't ready for it because it fits like my waistline is similar. So if I have like a non-stretch jean, I just have this like voluptuous fuck ass just like nestled beautifully into the into denim of all things. And but with a stretch jean, it just looks fu- just goodness gracious, doctor. My ass is bodacious. And that's all I really wanted to say right there. I have switched to oat milk. And I wanted to say that uh, I probably should have mentioned that even earlier. I don't want to bury the lead. I don't want to boil the lead either because it'll lose its taste. What are we doing here? Um, I have switched to oat milk. I believe uh, I remember hearing that uh, there's some political issues with that. With oat milk, uh, maybe it's bad for the environment. Um, I usually drink almond milk, which I actually hear there's a similar issue. But they were out of almond milk, and they had oat milk, which is a, a hot commodity, um, which is interesting. So my my qu- thing about oat milk is I have no idea what it is. I don't. I know what oats are, and that oats come in granola and like grain and like in cereals and stuff. But I don't know. In my mind, an oat is like tree bark. Or like a grain, but it's it's gluten free. This oat milk. It's also nine percent fat for serving. 
for serving for the serving that's see that was wrong but it wasn't um linguistically incorrect so it's like nine percent fat per serving and i just for the love of god i don't know what oat milk is and if i have no way of finding out i've i don't i have the internet but i've sworn off um educating myself so if that's uh, not the politically correct thing to do right into the show bwex19 at gmail.com i need your relationship questions and you know what i just need to hear from you okay and now on that note we're gonna get into the first take of blake politics blake is really funny blake is really cool So in the political section this week of Blake's Takes, for God's sakes, we will be discussing when is it okay to depart from shelter-in-place rules. And uh, I do have an answer. I know the answer. I've just chosen not to share it with anyone until now. And if that's not a tease, I'm losing my goddamn mind. So... This week, uh, before I get into my take on it, I just want to update you on some of the news on this subject. The uh, There are a bunch of states right now that are looking to um, remove shelter-in-place rules and uh, in an effort to reopen their economies. And this is a complicated subject because on one hand, you are balancing health, you know, the health of society. Uh, you're trying not to put anyone's uh, lives at stake. And that, by the way, is the overall theme of my opinion on this. It's that what can you do um, to keep the economy healthy, allow people to get back to work, but without adding pressure on the healthcare system, putting people's lives in danger, et cetera, et cetera. So I'll get to that more in a little while, but that's my overall theory on this. So there are, um, oh, and you're balancing, you know, people's health with the health of the economy, which, you know, is, uh, contributes to people's health as well. So it is a nuanced subject. Uh, there was a lot of news on this um, this week. For instance, Georgia has been the most extreme so far with its plans on reopening the economy. Um, right now, as of the recording of this podcast, this Friday, uh, they're lifting rules where you can go to the gym. Georgia residents on Friday will now be allowed to go to the gym, get tattoos, pedicures, haircuts, pretty much uh, anything that will improve your vanity. And uh, and by the way, if any state is going to implement uh, rules like this where you can beautify yourself, it should be Georgia. I don't know if you've ever been to Georgia, but outside of Atlanta, it's it's a fucking mess. It, these people, uh, it's they look like they should sleep in hay. Uh, they're, they're pigs. They look like pigs. So I do understand the Georgia governor, uh, who is a fucking moron, but I do understand why he would want, uh, his constituents and his residents to look more attractive. I do get that. Maybe a YouTube video, a makeup tutorial, like a heavy makeup in Georgia, these fucking people, men, women, everything makeup doesn't do it. I would just use acrylic paint. To paint over these people's faces. So, all joking aside, um, that uh, as soon as Friday, that's what Georgia's plans are. And Monday, they're going to open up restaurants again, which is scary. It's very scary to have people congregating this soon um, after the uh, coronavirus has begun to spread. Yes, numbers are uh, plateauing in a lot of places. That's amazing. The risk, though, obviously is, oh, shit. What if the numbers start going back up again because you lifted a shelter in place too early? Other states, Ohio governor said that um, he's going to start lifting 
uh, start opening up the economy again. And he, quote, uh, wants to do this in a way uh, without people getting killed. So it is good to know that he's aware that people can die. Uh, you know, if, if that's a thing that you feel like you have to say, maybe you're not making the right decision. Um, South Carolina, Governor McMaster is opening beaches and uh, department retail stores this week, or I believe maybe it's next week. And uh, if, there, if there's a perfect name for the governor of South Carolina, it's McMaster. Um, I'm surprised I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if his first name was Old Man, Governor Old Man McMaster of South Carolina. Jesus goddamn Christ. So that's what's going on um, state by state, governor by governor. There's also been a lot of protests this week where um, people have uh, herded down to state capitals to protest shelter-in-place orders. Um, a lot of these people uh, had some signs that uh, weren't spelled correctly or used, uh, you know, in uh, according to the rules of grammar. There were, I mean, it's it's tough. There were some people who were protesting uh, social distancing and shelter-in-place rules while wearing hazmat suits. So it's like, well, I think maybe a part of you believes that there's some sort of risk here, or were they doing it just to be like, hey, listen, all right, I'm, I, I don't agree with this, but. I will give the outward appearance of protecting myself. Like, I'm not a total animal. <laughs> um, there are uh, protests in Harrisburg, in my home state of Pennsylvania, which I don't claim. I don't claim Pennsylvania. I claim Philadelphia. There is a... Uh, I'm embarrassed to be from fucking Pennsylvania. It's, it's crazy. It is... I wonder if there's any other states where the bulk of the, geogra uh, the geography... Huh, wow, look, look at condescending Blake, how smart he is. So, uh, the bulk of the geography in Pennsylvania. It's not uh, liberal. It is conservative. <laughs> By the way, I think the funniest thing in the entire world is uh, saying sentences in a bizarre cadence. Well, if had I known you were going to say that, I wouldn't have spoken to you in such a manner, like just just saying things like that always makes me laugh. You should try it at home. You should try it. Actually, you should shelter at home. Hey, when they reopen the economy, just run out there and start speaking in a bizarre cadence. Um, there are also protests in Huntington Beach and in Michigan. So the theme of this section is when is it okay to depart from shelter in place rules? And I I've broken rules as well. Uh, my state of California, in which I reside, has been very stringent with their rules. Uh, the city of Los Angeles even more so. And it's really helped prevent the overwhelming of the healthcare system to the point where I never thought I would be, you know, like I'm, I'm proud of being from Philly. I know that's embarrassing to admit, but I am. And I'm actually, I've never been proud to live in California or Los Angeles before because it's it's a vacation spot that I'm in for my own vanity in my career you know like it's not a place that I claim ownership of or you know I am I am a resident of it so I guess I would I I, I guess I legally claim residence but um, I've never you know had a sense of pride about living here it's been a necessary place for me to move for my career uh, but 
I am proud of how everyone has dealt with it here, how seriously they've taken it, that Gavin Newsom, um, who looks like a coked-up Bill Simmons, by the way, if you haven't looked, Governor, Google Gavin uh, Newsom, Governor Gavin Newsom, California, and tell me he doesn't look like a coked-up Bill Simmons. But I am proud at the way that he's handled it. So, however, I have broken rules, you know? like, And, and the, the point is that because I thought, well, I think I can get away with it, you know, which is completely hypocritical. For instance, the times that I've broken the rules were, um, I, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what I did. So sometimes when I walk around our neighborhood, uh, we live next to, uh, these hills and we'll walk around this nice residential neighborhood and then I won't wear a mask. If I'm just walking around a non-densely populated or a non, there aren't people walking around up there really. And if there are, you can easily go to the other side of the sidewalk. So then I won't wear a mask, but you're supposed to wear a mask. But there I'm like, well, we're not coming anywhere close to each other. When I go into a, a grocery store, obviously I wear a mask. If I'm walking on like a public street where there's a bunch of people walking around, I wear a mask. It's just that I'm like, oh, well here I, citizen Blake Wexler, have decided that I don't need to wear one. Um, I've also sneaked onto, uh, some trails to go hiking and, uh, that's wrong. Cause those are closed. Why am I the exception? I'll answer that in a minute. Um, and then finally, another thing is that, uh, to go pick up some groceries the other day, um, I ordered them for pickup in a town half an hour North, just so my girlfriend and I could just get in the car and drive. And that's not good. Because what if we got in a car accident? Then an ambulance would have to be sent to get us rather than attending to someone who has COVID-19, where we could just easily just drive four minutes. The longer you drive, the better chance there is for a car accident. So that that I actually uh, feel like that was frivolous and selfish, and I actually don't think I would do that again. Um, but I did do it. So when is it okay to break these rules, if ever. And that one I'm actually ashamed of. I stand by my not wearing a mask while walking around in a non-densely populated area. I am okay with the hiking things in the middle, right? Because why should I be allowed to hike trails? By the way, in California, in the Los Angeles area, all hiking trails are closed right now because these fucking people after and by the way i'm not going to run here here i am making excuses i'm not going to these big popular trails it's a hidden trail all right at most when it's at its busiest i'll see two other people on it so and i'm not going to tell you where it is because it's my trail and you're going to fuck it up for me so why is it okay for me to use this hiking trail when it's not okay for anyone else and i think my rule is it's okay to break the rules if first and foremost you're not putting anyone uh, anyone else's health in danger. Secondly, you're not putting any pressure on the healthcare system. And third, and finally, if you're a smart person, if you're intelligent, okay? So for my things, uh, not walking around without that mask on uh, when no one else is around, I think that checks all the, bo- all the boxes, okay? No one's at risk of getting sick. Uh, no one's gonna have to go to the hospital. And um, I am uh, very smart. Number two, driving up, uh, you know, half an hour out of the way. That's not okay because that could put pressure on the health system. Um, if we uh, got in a car accident, that could put uh, people's health at stake if I'm asymptomatic and somehow have COVID-19. Um, and even though, and I am still, uh, I'm brilliant. I'm a genius. So even though I'm a genius, that's wrong. 
The third one, the hiking one, I think because I'm so much more intelligent than so many people, my reward for that is that I get a private hiking trail. And I don't think that's assailable. So that is my take. It's okay to break these rules as long as you're not putting uh, pressure on the healthcare system, on nurses and doctors who are already completely overwhelmed. You're not putting anyone's health in danger. And um, you have a four-year bachelor's of science in journalism from Emerson College. And that, and that I think, are unassailable takes completely unassailable and now our next uh, section i almost stuck the landing on this section god damn it blake you fucking deliver this perfectly and then you had to say section Ugh, i need to work on my diction (laughs) it's time for sports blake is really funny blake is really cool blah 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 blake 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 this week is the NFL Draft. That is the subject I'll be talking about in the sports section. I love the NFL Draft. I'm obsessed with it. Uh, it is my favorite thing in the entire world. If you're not a sports fan, essentially what the NFL Draft is, is each year um, uh, for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, the NFL, uh, all the NFL teams take turns drafting. Um, drafting is such a scary word, by the way picking players out of college to play for their teams the following years and uh, the best players go early and the not best players go late and that's how it fucking works I don't know if that was a good explanation um, or if the explanation was even necessary you might be skipping past this part if you're not a sports fan I love the NFL draft because I love sporting events without a possibility of disappointment so The worst case scenario, if your favorite NFL team or any sports team in any sports draft, you know, when you're watching the MLB draft, huh? Where are all my ML? Can you imagine, even right now, in quarantine and not having sports for a month and a half, two months, I don't think I would watch the MLB draft. I don't think I would. I would. I 100% would. I'm a sick person. So... Uh, I love the NFL draft because there's no the worst case scenario with uh, in terms of disappointment with the NFL draft is if your team just takes someone that you don't think they should have taken. But there's no firm evidence, you know, like even when the Eagles drafted like a 48 year old fireman a couple years ago, I'm like, that's you know what? Maybe maybe he can bring a sense of maturity to the Eagles' offensive line. Maybe that's what's going to happen. It didn't. Danny Watkins uh, never played in the NFL. Or maybe he played very briefly. But fuck him. So I hope he's putting out fires and he's happy. So I love the NFL draft. Um, a few years ago, I went to I went to the NFL draft, which is humiliating. Um, it could not be a more embarrassing thing to admit. Philadelphia had an, uh, the NFL draft, and our big claim to fame was in those four days, one person was arrested. So that, which is insane, because what you have is hundreds of thousands of animals just descending upon a city just to watch, just to booze, drink, eat, watch their teams pick someone who may or may not play. You don't know how, if it's going to work out or not. Uh, the one in Philly was a blast. I went the third day on Saturday and they had like drills set up that the fans could do, which was a terrible idea. 
um, on paper, they would have the same, it was called the combine where they had drills where, uh, they, you know, professional teams, the same drills that they use to see how, uh, high a player can jump, how fast the player is, um, all these drills, they had them, but for fans. So there was one, I did one where you could see what your vertical was, where you could jump, see how high you could jump. I don't remember my number because I remember the number disappointed me. And I'm like, how much can I embellish this uh, and still fall asleep at night? And it wasn't, the number was quite low. I thought I could jump so much fucking higher. But, but that's the thing too, where I was like in decent shape and I almost like fucking blew out my hamstring trying to jump. And these other people there like it was all muddy and there were these just 400 pound five foot tall men sprinting to see how fast they ran where you don't need that number you know you don't need you don't want to know that number hey how fast does it take for me to run 40 yards oh 45 minutes all right that's not good I I would have preferred to have thought uh, it was in the realm of seconds (laughs) that I could count it uh, while um, I, uh, the same amount of time it took me to eat a dumpling. So that was actually really, really fun, but also on paper, terrible fucking idea. Um, It was also, because also in in addition to everyone being out of shape, they're all fucking drunk, you know? So you shouldn't do athletic things while intoxicated. One, I would say the weirdest moment is that uh, during the NFL draft, sometimes they have a famous person from the city in which the NFL team plays in uh, that when they're picking, announce the draft pick. And I remember watching it. It was the Eagles' turn to pick, and they picked Mac Hollins, actually, who is a wide receiver out of North Carolina. And now I believe he just bikes around Philadelphia. I don't think he's in the league anymore. I think he's, a prof- he's an amateur. He went from professional football player to amateur cyclist. Professional amateur cyclist. And... Uh, so to announce that draft pick, they had a Jim Cramer from like Mad Money uh, announce the pick because apparently that guy's from Philadelphia. And seeing Jim Cramer like out of the context of a bizarre like you know studio that looks like it was it was a bunker built for you know overreacting during a nuclear meltdown. Like by the way. The reaction to a nuclear holocaust would be screaming at the top of your lungs, and somehow his uh, demeanor eclipses that. He overreacts to a nuclear meltdown, but it stocks or something. So he announces the pick, and uh, he yells. He can't control the volume of his voice. That man has made a career off yelling, which I tried to do, um, but now I'm much more measured. So there was also another, um, that was a blast actually going to it. There was another draft in Nashville a couple years ago. And the funniest thing that came out of that NFL draft is that there were uh, hundreds of bachelorette parties that already had their Nashville uh, bachelorette weekend scheduled. And they had no idea an NFL draft was going to happen. So then they go downtown to get fucked up in their cute clothes. And then they just see a bunch of pigs and jerseys <laughs> screaming. <laughs> so it was a horrible surprise it was a terrible terrible surprise for these poor people go to east nashville it's nicer so um this year there will be no fans at the nfl draft because of covid19 and uh, a lot of and actually the nfl teams can't even congregate in their offices so normally when they make draft picks you have the general manager the coach the owner scouts position coaches all in one room so like 14 people at least 14 to 20 people in the same room but now they're all 
quarantined to different areas. So there's communication issues. Can you imagine, you know how difficult it is setting up a Zoom call with your fucking parents, you know? Make those parents uh, people who run an NFL franchise and then add 11 more of them. And try to teach them how to use that shit. When there's pressure and a clock ticking for them to make a decision, it's it's going to be a mess. So, here's my take. This year, uh, the NFL draft was supposed to happen in Las Vegas. And my take is that Vegas uh, should be removed from the face of the earth. No. Um, my take is that uh, it's actually good that fans are not going to be allowed at the draft this year. And... No fan should ever be allowed at a draft again. And I kind of alluded to this point earlier, but the kind of person who goes to an NFL draft is not the kind of person that you want representing your city or your franchise. Um, it's whenever they cut away to the crowd during here, let's do a, let's do an exercise right now, sports fan. When your team is drafting, all right, and say you're watching the draft with uh, your friend who's a fan of another uh, another team, another fan base. He's from another fan base, and your team's picking. What are you thinking there in your head? Other than I hope we pick player X, I hope we get a, a great player. The second thought in your head is, oh God, I hope they don't cut away to the crowd and show a fan from my team at the draft, because it's never good. It's never, it's never someone that you want to associate yourself with. It's like, all right, the Eagles are picking, and the Eagles have uh, picked a tackle from Washington, Andre Dillard. And then I'm just like, go to commercial. Go to commercial. Don't show the – don't show – oh, God. Oh, God, they're showing a guy with, a, with feathers coming out of his eyes. Um, his stomach has somehow stretched over his jean shorts and over his knees and um, is actually rubbing against the shoelaces. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, did I say shoelaces? I mean the Velcro on his sneakers, his Eagles slipper sneakers. It's, it's humiliating. It's bad PR. Every single time they show a player or a, a fan of your team at a draft, it's like, I don't, I'm not like that. I'm not that person. But here's the thing you fucking are. I am, you are, we're all that sauce stained hog at the NFL draft. And that's who we are, at the very least on the inside. And you know what? On the outside as well. So that's my take. NFL drafts, no more fans. We don't need it. I don't need to be faced with that reality. And now, the next section of the podcast. Oh, it's relationships, baby. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, 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 blah. Blake, Blake, Blake. Not all relationships have fucking. And that... <laughs> And that's why we're going to spend uh, this section on not a relation type of ship, not a uh, barge, which is another type of ship, um, not a cigarette boat, which is a boat or all boat ships. I would say all boats are not ships and not all ships are boats. So, no. We're going to talk about friendships right now and uh, COVID-19's effect on friendships. And my take on this one is actually COVID-19 has done uh, good for some of my friendships. And I'm going to explain what uh, or COVID-19 can do good for friendship. 
Oh boy, the, the the grammar there, the verbiage there. Oh my God, somebody call nine one one. So, like a lot of you, I've been doing Zoom calls, Facetimes、uh, with my friends, and the way that I, I think that the best thing that COVID nineteen has done for me, or like you know, one of the only good things, and overall, it is COVID nineteen is absolutely horrific. I'm not arguing that. So. For my friendships with my friends at home, it's actually helped strengthen those friendships a little bit. Why?、Um, so a lot of my friends from home they still live in the same ge-、uh, geographical area. Most of them live in Philly. Some of them live in New York.、Uh, my friend Chris and I live out here. So we're the ones. Only two of us really moved away away, and the rest of those guys get to see each other all the time. Get to hang with their significant others. Get to get closer and. Now that they can't hang with each other at home, I've been able to tag into these Zoom calls, and for the first time in since I moved out here in like eight, ten years, I've actually felt like I've actually been able to hang with my group of friends regularly again. And it's not the same as hanging out in person, obviously, but just being able to get back in touch with these people, where there is something to be said about. You know, everyone has these friends where maybe you don't talk for a while, but as soon as you talk to them, there's no catch. It you're just like you just click right away. You know, you just click back right away. There's no oh, how's this? How's that? You just talk. Sh- you know everything that's going on with each other. You know, and there's no there's no easing back into it. You're just close as ever right away. And this has been so. Even though you might have that with a friend. I think sometimes that prevents me from spending as much time catching up with them under normal circumstances because you know, like for instance, my best friend, one of my best friends from home, we'll call him、uh, President Obama. So my,、uh, I don't actually, that's too distracting. We'll call him Barry.、Uh, am I friends with a Barry? Why can't I come up with a fake name? We'll call him Jeff.、Uh, so a friend like Jeff and Jeff, I do have a best friend named Jeff, but all best friends are Jeffs for this. Jeff, I don't feel a need to talk to every week or every month because I know, like, our friendship isn't going anywhere. You know, like, I love the guy; he loves me. We've known each other for, you know, twenty-five years. We're always gonna be best friends. So I don't. I'd rather put time into something that seems more temporary. You know, like into a career thing, or you know, maybe、uh, having like、uh, like drinks with someone who can help my career or something. So I'll put one of these close friendships on a back burner because I know they're not going anywhere, and I don't think that's this quarantine has kind of taught me that that's not the right. It's not healthy. For me to do, and it's not even what would make me happiest because this person who I'm so close with, the reason why we remain so close is because this person, like a best friend like that, brings so much joy into your life. And by not speaking to these people that you grew up with, who you're so close with throughout your entire life,、um, by not speaking to them that often, you are actually robbing yourself of joy. And since this quarantine has happened, I have so much more time, and they have so much more time for me to catch up with everybody. And it has added a level of joy, and made me realize, oh fuck, how about we talk more often and more permanently when the world isn't falling apart? 
You know, if, if our conversations are this awesome when we're not doing anything, can you imagine how rewarding and fulfilling it will be to speak to these people that you've known your entire life when they can tell you, hey, I had a great experience today. Not, yeah, we watched, uh, what is that show called? Too Hot to Handle. And I'm ashamed of myself, but it was interesting. Uh, do these people, uh, It's if, by the way, if you haven't seen um, Too Hot to Handle, it's about uh, like 11 horny people who were tragically born without brains and they put them on an island and they try not to fuck each other it's it's i'll go into it i have two more episodes left i'll go into it another time but that's my point is uh that this has actually strengthened some of my already strongest friendships uh the quarantine has so um we've also now in terms of hanging out with friends during the quarantine obviously zoom calls facetimes uh text all the time and um, a lot of inside jokes, that sort of shit. By the way, I'm going to tell you every inside joke I have with my friends. Because if there's one thing I know, it's uh, there's nothing someone loves more than hearing a joke that you have no context or uh, perspective on that's hilarious to people that you don't know. <laughs> there's, there's no better fodder for comedy. We also have um, done like a park hang where I live right across the street from a park. And well, I haven't done this. My girlfriend's done this with her friends where they meet and they don't even like ever come within six feet of one another. They just sit in like three, like a triangle, uh, 10 feet apart from one another in a park with masks on and speak, which is kind of cute, kind of scary, but kind of cute. So I recommend that. Also, the other day um, on my way home from my uh, ill-conceived trip to go buy groceries 30 minutes north, my girlfriend and I stopped by a friend's place and we just sat out in our car in their driveway and they sat on their stoop and we talked to them for a while. So I think a safer version of that. And by the way, that was fucking nice. I didn't think I missed human contact with my friends. By the way, I guess this whole section is just, oh, Blake doesn't value friendships with the people who love him most. <laughs> so uh, I didn't think I missed face-to-face interactions, but God, I got fulfilled as hell. We uh, drove by and stopped by the driveway of our friends, Georgia and Hampton, and I felt so energized afterwards. Again, we were 10 to 15 feet away from each other. Uh, we were on the other side of our car, and um, it was so energizing just to see them. So I think a better version, a safer version of that is if you can walk to a friend's place and just stand out in the driveway. Just seeing a friend right now is so fulfilling. So that's my take that the quarantine has put friendships in perspective and actually strengthened or can strengthen your views and how much you appreciate your friends. My God. My God, who knew that I was the next Malcolm Gladwell? Hmm? Hey, you can uh you can take this this tipping point. Now now this podcast has reached its tipping point, and now we're gonna spill into the leisure section. Blake is really funny, Blake is really cool. Blah 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 blah. Blake, Blake, Blake. All right, so here's here's a take on leisure right now in the time of quarantine, and that is to add a little bit of variety to a thing that you love doing. Not G G Genghis Khan was a motherfucking bastard. 
Genghis Khan, he had to die. Kill his horse, kill his horse, and braid his hair. Kill his horse, kill his horse, and that's just good improv, everybody. So, um, enough, enough about that fucking uh, Mongolian uh, narcissist. And ladies and gentlemen, now taking the field are the Mongolian narcissists. That's a fun bit to do. My girlfriend and I love doing a thing where uh, come up with some sort of like derogatory term and make it plural and then like assign it to a city as if it's its city's uh, team. And now taking the court, we have the Brooklyn motherfucking pricks. <laughs> so, uh, oh boy, what the fuck was I talking about? He's swearing because he's lost his way. We don't like swearing on this. It's a clean podcast. All right, leisure. Add some variety to things that you like doing. Um, no, again, I'm trying to be positive about the quarantine. One of the positives are uh, you get to do pretty much your favorite. You have an excuse to do your favorite fucking things right now. And whether it's uh, watching your favorite. Just I love sitting and watching TV. I don't have time to do that normally. Uh, if you love reading, if you love drinking, don't drink too much. We have uh, I mentioned on another podcast, we have two days a week is the drinking rule. This week might be three because of... Uh, because of the NFL draft. But that's fine. It's a special occasion. So take what you do, what you love doing, but add like slight twists to it. And here's what I mean. So for instance, one thing I've been doing with alcohol is uh, I've been taking like beer, for instance. Have you guys heard of beer? It's basically uh, barley malted and uh, fermented. So I usually loved having like a certain type of beer, but what I've been doing is I've been buying variety packs because it adds like a certain twist on what you're doing. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, I'll, like I got a ballast point and it comes, uh, you know, a 12 pack and it comes with like four different beers in it. So you kind of feel like you're at a bar where you can order a different beer each time, which is cool. Um, I think we're going to do a wine tasting soon where just, you know, order four different types of wine next time you know if you're buying the wine anyway do it and then try like sipping it with your with your roommate or your girlfriend set it up and put it in like you know cool glasses just try to make the quarantine special take a normal boring thing and try to make it special you know um, I mentioned last week to dress up for like you know dinner or something with your partner if they're there so try to add like a little spin on it if you're if you're an avid reader you know, and you love reading nonfiction or you love reading war, for instance, read about a war that you haven't read about before, you know, where I love World War. I love World War Two. I love World War Two and everything that happened in World War Two. I do not have a problem with, <laughs> um, you know, I've uh, I love reading about World War Two, but it's like, oh, all right. You know what? Why don't you read about the war at 1812? Okay. What? Find out when that war took place. You can try that, and that's not a good joke. But try reading, take a thing that you like, and add add a little twist to it, all right? And that's your leisure tip of the week. Uh, leisure was a little slow this week. Oh, and try to wear socks with your slippers. I do want to add that to the mix, because if you don't, your slippers will start to stink, and then you got to throw them away, all right? So maybe your feet will be a little warmer than you like if you're wearing socks with slippers, but you'll still be able to keep your slippers, or just wear socks and don't wear slippers, all right? So there's your leisure tip for the week, and now uh, I think we're just going to go into the outro, because we're almost at time. Blake is really funny, Blake is really cool, 
That was episode two of Blake's Takes, for God's sakes, everyone. Thank you for joining me on this on this little crazy journey that we call life. And I am looking to trademark that. Uh, thank you to everyone, by the way, for all the nice words about the show. I really appreciate you rating and reviewing it. Please do that if you can afford to. It is free, but money is tight right now. Speaking of tight money, um, that's uh, Jim Cramer's spinoff show that I did not discuss. It's called Tight Money, and it sucks. Also, go to patreon.com slash Blake Wexler. If you can donate, if you can't, do not do do not donate. If you do not have the money to donate to this podcast, do not do it. It'll be terrible for both of us. And finally, every Sunday before ESPN's uh, The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, ESPN, I am being honest here, was looking for a better lead-in. They need to boost the ratings. And of course, immediately, because of my work with uh, ABC in the past, they reached out to me and they said, Blake, we need you to do a, uh, an Instagram live show with your friends about 90s basketball. And if there's a way that you could uh, just throw in like a, a, like a dance movie from the early 2000s starring Julia Stiles, if you're able to do that, I'm like, you came to the right guy because I can do that and I will, I will do that. So every Sunday on Instagram Live, uh, 5.15 Pacific time, 8.15 Eastern time, I will be doing uh, a little, a little pregame show for Save the Last Dance. Oh, it'll be called Save the Last Dance for the Last Dance on ESPN. And um, yeah, me and some guests will talk uh, talk hoops and styleses for about a half an hour before the documentary starts and we'll be done in plenty of time for you to switch that on. So if you're into that shit, that shit's happening. Uh, I love your shit. I love everything that you're doing over there and I really appreciate you listening and I will talk to you next week. I love you so much. Goodbye. Blake Wexler, Blake, Blake, Blake Wexler, 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 Blake